0: true life and music history the ants human stars podcast with your hosts caleb and digo are you ready steady go
1: wholeheartedly and giving people their flowers while they can smell them that is why i picked this song to do today um i watched her documentary on hbo you should definitely go watch it it's it's just great mm. um is it recent or just it's recent yeah literally came okay, out like okay. two weeks ago Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh it's on hbo max I watched it. I watched it for the second time this past weekend because I watched. I wanted my mom to see it, so I watched it again with her. I wanted to see it again. I'm probably going to watch it again for a third time because it was just so many gems, and just really great. She has lived a life that has not been easy, but um, she's she just risen above it all to just yeah, just it's, it's it's incredible. I definitely would suggest checking it out. Um, so yes, yeah, so because of that, I also just love her. Period. I've I've loved Tina Turner. So actually, I bought a record. Me and Digo, for those listen, for, for you listening, uh, I went to the record store with Digo. And if you ever go to the store with Digo and and he is your friend, just be prepared. He's just going to convince you to buy whatever it is that you want. There is no like, like I don't remember
0: about it. what you. I don't remember this specifically. Like maybe I remember you buying a record, but I definitely can agree that whatever I did in that situation was say just get it.
1: Just get Just it. Fire. exactly. <laughs> that's, that's literally what happened. And so I saw this Tina Turner record in the record store and it was for an out. Al- it was, it was, it was for one of her albums that I only thought, I thought that I only liked three songs on it. It's the album that has her song. Simply the best, better than all the rest. So anyways, um, and I got the album, even though I thought I only liked three songs on it and, and doing all this research, I've been listening to more Tina music. And anyways, that album from top to bottom is like amazing. And so thank you to you for <laughs>
0: encouraging me to get it.
1: Because um, now I have it on vinyl and I'm proud of that. So I've loved Tina Turner for a long time. And um yeah, I just wanted to highlight the icon, the legend, the queen of rock and roll. She's simply the best, Miss Tina Turner. So if you don't know anything about Tina Turner here, well, one, you should Google her. Mm-hmm. um and educate yourself but i'll give you a, a quick catch up she was born anime bullock in 1939 in brownsville tennessee um and she had a tough childhood uh, her parents were abusive to each other um her mom left when she was 11 she just got sick of dealing with the abuse and stuff and just left um then when her dad remarried two years later her dad just left and so she, her and her sisters went to stay with her grandparents where she grew up singing in the Baptist church. Um, so she, she, yeah, she had already, she, she's going to experience even more, but she had already experienced some tough things just as a start out. Um, so um, when it came to her music career, she started as half of the duo Ike and Tina in the sixties and, um, and their biggest hit came in 1971 with the song Proud Mary. Um and so she was yeah with Ike for she, she was married to him for 16 years. She divorced him and and left their group in 1976 cuz she was so Ike used to beat her for those who don't know. Uh he was physically extremely physically abusive. Um and so it's one of the met. most
0: one of the most famous abusive relationships in like famous people history like most people know of this ike and tina turner Mm -hmm. yeah and i don't know the specifics though i would i would like to know more about the backstory of it's
1: not necessarily right
0: now from you but maybe in
1: like yeah no no no. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say i will say though that in watching the documentary and something i didn't realize because she came out with a movie she's put out a book about her life um and her life even though I'm gonna tell you the beginnings of how she shot to superstardom, um, she could never escape. Um, people always want to talk about that, her and Ike, and Tina, I mean, yeah, Ike Turner and being abused by him like constantly through her career. If you watch the documentary, she's doing interviews for uh, uh, what's that movie? Um, the Mad Max. Thunder- yeah, Mad Max, and they're asking her about Ike. And telling her about so she what I didn't doing. get
0: to escape it like Aretha Franklin did,
1: exactly, exactly, and really so many other people. There's, there's, I mean, it's uh, there's countless other people who have dealt with that or been the ones to abuse people, and they get to move on from it, but it just followed her throughout her career, unfortunately. So, um, but so when she divorced him, he took everything. He took. Uh, everything from money to claims to royalties uh, of the music, just everything. The only thing that she got um, and that she asked for specifically was her name, Tina Turner. Um, uh, and s- all yeah. she needed. Exactly. Um, and uh, so after that, she is just pretty much kind of out here on her own. And she talks about in the documentary how she would just take any gig because she needed money to put food on the table. So she did a lot of Vegas shows. She did some uh, TV specials. She did a special with Cher, another one with Olivia Newton-John. And she did release two albums. They were both unsuccessful um, in 1978 and 1979. And um, when the last one just flopped, she was dropped by the label. And again, she's just kind of like, all right, where do I go from here? So she finds herself a woman in her early 40s uh needing a job again to put food on the table and provide for her family but also not ready to hang up her performing shoes um so this guy Roger Davies comes to her aid and he jumps on board as her manager and together they start working on shifting her image into the rock and roll artist that she wants to be because um they talk about in the documentary he asked her like what do you want what do you want to be what do you, how do you see yourself and she's like i want to be the first black uh, female rock star to sell out stadiums like the Stones. Um, and she will eventually sell out those stadiums even more than the Stones ever did. Um, and so that's what they start working towards, changing her image. And along with the image, is getting together a song. So also, it they, they also had to secure, I want to mention, they had to secure a record contract for her with Capitol Records that was really tough to do because she says how nobody wanted to work With her because they're like, this 40 year old woman, what are we gonna do with her? How's she gonna sell? Even actually, they talk about in the documentary, there was finally this guy at Capitol Records who was like, I'm gonna get behind you, I believe in you. But then they had a huge shift in uh, management, kind of. So all these new guys came in and they were like, actually, it's really disgusting. The guy called that the new one of the new guys told the other guy, uh, who's the per- did you, are you the person who signed this, um, N word douchebag speaking about Tina Turner? Um, and he's like, yeah, like I believe in her. Like, I, like we're keeping her on the roster and he really fought for her. And so they kept her and they're just like, well, we're not doing anything. Like, this is all on you. Um, we're going to barely give, you know, give you money, but you can do, see what you can do. well, They did a whole lot, to say the least. Um, So they're putting together these songs. Um, Davies, again, uh, Tina's uh, Tina's manager, he sent her this song, What's Love Got to Do With It, that he got from uh, some friends of his, songwriters Terry Britton and Graham Lyle. Um, And though he was hopeful about it, Tina didn't exactly feel the same. Um, I thought What's Love could be a big song, he said. Um, But he says Tina never really liked it. It was terrible. It was awful. Tina laughs upon recalling her first impression of the tune. I was rock and roll. This was a pop song. Uh so at the time the song had actually been demoed by the popular British pop band Bucks Fizz. Um and if yeah, if you go listen to their version, it's not bad but it's definitely a much wider bland um take. On the tune. Um, and it was intended to go on their upcoming album, but it was shelved after Tina released hers.
0: What's love? Got to do with it. What's love? Yeah, Got to do with
1: it? What's love? <laughs> it's it's very like white 80s pop. Like just...
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's love?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. Um, so again, uh, you know, Tina heard the song and she's like, What? I don't like this, but Davies is like. Just go, just meet with Britton, one of the writers. Um, And he's like, you know, if he, you know, maybe you guys can come up with something, change things up. Uh, She came in and immediately said, well, you know, I don't like that song. I don't want to do that song. Roger wants me to do it, Britton recalls. I said, if it doesn't work out, we won't use it. So let's give it a go. So Tina went in the booth and just completely put her own stamp on it. I applied my heavy voice to it. She says they weren't used to a strong voice standing on top of music, but I converted it and made it my own. I was stunned. Britton says after hearing her recording, um, so they did it. Tina knocked it out of the park. They changed some, a few music things, uh, musical parts, and you get what we have today. So the single was released on May first, nineteen eighty four. And she shot a video for the song that was directed by Mark Robinson, um, and in the video she's walking around New York City. She's big hair, high heels, short skirt, red lipstick, um, and MTV put it into heavy rotation. And so for a whole generation, this was their first time hearing, seeing Tina Turner. They're like, "Oh, who's this? This woman." Um, on May fifteenth, and remember this part, she went. Uh, she went on tour with Lionel Richie. She was his opening act for his can't slow down tour. Um, And she started each set with what's love got to do with it. And then on May 29th, the album, her album, private dancer that what's love got to do with it is on was released. Um, So she it's, it's a, it's a churn. I don't want to say a slow churn because on September 1st, the song hit number one on Mm -hmm. Billboard. So it was, you know, a few months Um, and it stayed there for three consecutive weeks And she set a record um, because she's 44 at the time and she um, set a record for becoming the oldest female solo artist ever to top the chart. And she also set a record for the longest time between first song to chart and first number one hit. So her first song um, that charted was I Was a Fool in Love that she did with Ike in 1960 and that was 24 years earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, But both of those Records were broken by Cher, who was fifty-two when her song "Believe" went to number one in nineteen ninety-eight, um, and then also as well, her first chart hit was in nineteen sixty-five with "I Got You, Babe," um, when she was a part of Sunny and Cher.
0: Yeah, but so you brought up those timelines, so she's an older black woman. No one so knows her. Music. Keep she's just mind, somebody. An mm-hmm. And then just a few months later, in those times, because. We're not with powers of internet or anything few exactly. months later boom mm-hmm. so yeah it's a considerable feat um to go from nobody to somebody and to be in that category uh, that's not like you know
1: young mm-hmm. whatever see, you know? i also yeah. i always use her as an example of people like good music if the music is good right? nobody cares if you're 40 or if you're 50. exactly
0: like, so a producer shouldn't be afraid to exactly. sell good music. If exactly. the music is good, all you got to do is sell it right. Yeah. Give it a good music video, give it a good color, give that album some flair. Boom, people exactly. don't like it because it's good.
1: Um Exactly. That's true. They're not they're not like oh this person isn't 25, so we don't want this. Like no, she's on the charts at the same time Madonna's is, is blowing up. Mm-hmm. Um So Again, the song blows up and literally is the rocket ship that catapults her into superstardom. Um, at the second, only the second, MTV Video Music Awards in 1985, <laughs> the video uh, for What's Love won Best Female Video. But then at the Grammys that year, it won three awards, in, uh, including Song of the Year, Record of the Year, and Best Female Vocal Performance. So she took home the two, two of the big three. Because the other only other one was album of the year. That's the other. what's his
0: name was like C. Like the guy was pushing, <laughs> exactly. was pushing the re- the the record label company he was like ah, and then she was like with Tina Turner, she was like just do it, and she exactly. was like okay, and then he was like C. <laughs> God damn it, give me one of those Grammys. I'm taking. I'm going home with him.
1: <laughs> well, no, no, she does. She actually in her speech, um, if you go, you can go watch it. It's also in the documentary, but I'm sure you can find it on YouTube. She literally says like this Grammy is going to my manager, Robert Roger Davies. Cause he mm. is the one pushing, was pushing me and, and standing up for me when no one else was. Um. So uh, not only was a song, a hit the album was a huge uh, critical and some commercial success sold over 20 million albums worldwide, which I'm sure it's way more than that. Now I actually had that album on final two. And that really was my introduction to Tina Turner and like, musically that private dancer album um i just knew of her but then i really got into it so um like i said she did have a movie of her life in in 1993 they used the title of that song for it um and yeah that she just went on to kill it and have so many other hits that was her only number 1 but uh she said multiple top 10 hits. Um so her second album after that just some fun facts. Uh her second album after Private Dancer was Break Every This isn't her literal second album, but the follow-up album, I should say, to Private Dancer was Break Every Rule. Um and she was she had a huge world tour for that and in 1988 she did a show in Rio de Janeiro, which to this day um Remains the largest paying concert audience for a female artist. There was over one hundred eighty thousand attendees. So, talk Brazilians about Brazilians party, dude. <laughs> apparently, apparently, yes. and, and they have video of, of all this too. So you can you can go see it, and it's it's just it's wow. So, um, she she got those. She did what she wanted to do. She she got the stadium crowds, like the Stones, and even more. Also, um, I mentioned earlier how she had opened for Lionel Richie, um, right as things were starting to kick off. And in two thousand, for her twenty four seven tour, Lionel Richie opened for her. So, I yeah, <laughs> exactly. I just think that's such a. Of course, for me, I feel some kind of way about it as an artist, but that's also just such a, um, just something to keep in the back of your head that like, sometimes I think we get in our head and we're just like, oh, well, this person's huge and I'm never going to be where they are. And look at that. Mm -hmm. And in a couple of decades, things are completely flipped and you, you know, are the one that's headlining the tour and this person is opening for you. Um, yeah. So
0: no one knows the future. Just keep going
1: exactly just keep keep doing what you're doing um so that's really it
0: not i have to admit that i my my favorite is with ike and uh proud mary proud mary Mary. oh yeah i I think a tina i think about that i want to roll Mm -hmm. down the river with her i mean
1: (laughs) oh yeah that's her that's probably her most notable song other than what's left to do with it yeah Mary. so
0: um, um, I wish it didn't just, involve Ike, but it is what yeah. it is. Um, And yes. Yeah. Have you seen Mad Max Thunderdome with Tina Turner?
1: I have not, and Ooh, I need to watch it. That <laughs> hair. I mean, that that is. Yeah. Just
0: yeah. The hair. That fucking Completely. movie is just as 80s as it gets. Well, well, I'm pretty sure it was 80s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pretty it was 85. Sure. It was yeah. 85. Like, oh, so like, yeah. It, right in the
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Right <laughs> there, hair. smack dab in the middle.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, She could fall I mean, off an airplane and land with that hair.
1: Oh, yeah, but even her hair, if you look at her hair at that time, just her as an artist, it was mm-hmm.
0: huge. Just That's what I Everything mean.
1: was big hair back then. Yeah. But no, great uh, song. Um, she also did the theme song for James Bond, Golden Eye, in the 90s. true! Yes.
0: <laughs> Tina Turner's I thought of rendition you when I saw it, Goldeneye. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in nineteen ninety five also. Mm-hmm. Uh, so wait, she did Thunderdome and then ten years later she did the soundtrack to Goldeneye. Uh yep. um one of the best. Obviously, because it's Tina Turner.
1: Yeah. It is good stuff. And also I just have to say, going back to the um the shows, she's had I think since uh, since that um, tour for the that album, Private Dancer, that was, like, her catapulted her. Each tour always was, like, record-breaking and made, like, the, it was amongst, like, the top five uh, of that year. Um, like, she, people came out to see her over the, like I said, all the way to 2000. In 2000, she's still, I think she did her last tour in 2008. Um, but she was still... Doing stadium tours. This isn't like some small little venue. Like uh, mm-hmm. Tina Turner is the blueprint for Beyonce. Go watch any of her concert. The, the from the dresses to the way she just moves, and she wasn't even doing choreographer chore choreographer is that chore- choreography choreographed
0: choreography she wasn't doing choreograph.
1: No, no, she wasn't doing choreographed dances. Ah, uh, way Beyonce, chore- yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> she wasn't doing choreographed dances the way Beyonce is, but she's just moving on state and like I'm watching it from a television. I can only imagine what it's like to be there. You can literally just feel the energy coming off of her. And so, yeah, I was just watching it just like, oh, yeah, like she's the blueprint for Beyonce and that big stage presence and just moving and having the crowd. So, Yeah it was because was, like, I, I only say that to say that some people, some people try and make it seem like Beyonce's doing what no one's ever done since Michael Jackson, and I'm like, no, she's the first go, black woman. Yeah. Go, Period. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. There were none before her. No, literally that's yeah i'm like no go watch go watch you don't even have to watch the whole thing just watch some clips from tina turner performances and yeah that's her blueprint so um tina's amazing and and um shout out to tina who is now a, a citizen of switzerland she got out of this crazy country What? Um, Jealous. and she's just chilling over there with her husband i would need so
0: a, i need a i need a foreign tina passport.
1: you'll probably never hear this but if by any chance you do i love you you are loved we here at ant's human stars love you
0: <laughs> you could say that maybe you're just simply the best
1: simply the best there you go
0: some say better than all the rest
1: better than anyone <laughs> anyone i've ever met
0: <laughs> thanks for listening to the ant's human stars podcast with caleb and Digo. stay connected and get updates about new episodes by visiting our website antshumanstars.com and by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a positive rating and review and share about us with your community on social media. Thanks, y'all. We really appreciate it.